one sat alone beside the highway begging his eyes were blind the light he could not see he clutched his old rags and shivered in the shadows then jesus came and bade his darkness flee it's time to open the word once again with evangelist lester roloff on the family altar program for all is changed when jesus comes to stay turn to the book of luke one of the great chapters of the bible we start off in a prayer meeting today praying listening to the savior pray and then the response of the disciples chapter 11 verse 1 i'd like for us to pray first that god would open our eyes and our understanding and then open the scripture to us this is a long chapter and we'll probably take two or three days but oh there's some scathing scalding rebukes in this chapter but there's some mighty challenges in this chapter it'll have to do with the virgin mary It'll have to do with hypocrites. It'll have to do with the lawyers, Pharisees. It'll have to do with the Word of God. It'll have to do with the Reformation without regeneration. It'll have to do with getting rid of the devil. This chapter, 54 verses. May we pray. Our Father, first of all, we want to thank Thee that You left us the Word and that it's still true and pure and clean and cleansing and saving and nourishing, and revealing. Oh, our Father, we just must confess, though, that we can't understand the Bible except the Holy Spirit be our guide. And we're asking right now for my own life personally that this chapter will be a blessing to me and in turn make me a blessing to others. Father, help us that we'll not waste God's money on the air by being mechanical or superficial or synthetic, but make this a genuine time of worship and seeking after God and the Word of God. Lord, I pray that you'll make me hungry and thirsty because you said, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So, our Father, we pray that uh, what you're going to give me and what I've asked for, you'll give to all of our audience. Bless the sick and the sorrowing, those that have wayward sons and daughters, and bless the men and women in jail and the boys and girls in juvenile shelter. Father, bless mothers and dads today. Oh, may they fix their constant gaze on Jesus. Bless us this day in Jesus' name. Amen. And it came to pass, and if those of you just tuned in, it's Luke 11, chapter 1. Luke 11, chapter 1. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased One of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. 
And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, Though he will not rise and give him because he's his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. Importunity praying. I mean, let me, let's, we'll come back to that. Let me read on. And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? And he was casting out a devil. And it was done. And it came to pass when the devil was gone out, the dumb spake and the people wondered. But some of them said, He casted out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. And others tempting him sought him of him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falleth. If Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because ye say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub, and if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore shall they be your judges. But if I with the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God is come unto you. I believe we'll stop there for our reading today because there's surely enough to keep us occupied. And I believe we've got enough food now on the table for all of us to eat and have a delicious and wonderful meal. Now, he was having a prayer meeting. Prayer meeting always stirs up the devil. It always makes God's children that are saved hungry to know how to pray. And so they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, get it. They didn't say, teach us how to pray. That's where we get mixed up, just teach us to pray. And I want to give you some suggestions about prayer. Now, I'm not the final authority on prayer, but oh, I know one thing. I, I don't believe I could live without it. I tell you, when the burdens get heavy, and they stay heavy, uh, it reminds me to pray. I mean, when the hill's too steep for me to climb, I call on somebody to give me a lift. And so they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Didn't say... Um, Teach us to preach, teach us to sing, but Lord, teach us to pray. Now, they asked the right one because he's the master of all praying. I mean, Jesus never prayed a prayer that wasn't answered. If you go back and find out every prayer that Jesus ever prayed, it's already been answered or it's going to be answered. Why? He always prayed in the will of God. He was the Word. The Bible said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will, it'll be done. Jesus never asked for anything but what would glorify the Father. I wish my record was that clear, but it's not. I've asked for things back through the years, and later I've said, Dear Lord, I want to thank you that you had so much wisdom and better sense you didn't answer my prayer. Sure wonderful that I didn't get my prayer answered the way I prayed it. But Jesus always prayed in the will of God. And so he told him, he said, Well, you're to address the Father, and... Uh, Notice, he didn't say, say, Blessed Mary, Mother of God. No, he said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Then he said, Give us day by day our daily bread. Teach us to live, you see, by the day. 
forgive us our sins because he said we're going to have to forgive those that sin against us. And of course, in another place, he said, if you forgive not men their trespasses or sins, then your heavenly Father will not forgive uh, yours. Now then, he comes to an illustration. And this is one of the, I think, one of the finest things in getting your prayers answered. He said, uh, which of you shall have a friend and shall go to him at midnight? And the first place, of course, these days, midnight don't mean anything. I mean, just everybody's prowling at midnight. I mean, you find them sitting in the hamburger joints and drive-ins and theaters and everything else. I mean, watching TV. But that, back in those days, when sundown came, I mean, they just went to bed. They'd already walked or worked all day, see. And I mean, they were in the bed. Well, at midnight, I mean, that's right in the middle of your sleep. And he said, which of you having a friend and uh, go to him at midnight and uh, wake him up? And notice... That was back in the days, I, I suppose, when there was a shortage of beds, and he said, uh, I'm in bed with my children. And, of course, you know when you start getting up, your little children feel like it's getting up time. One of them wakes up or maybe starts crying. First thing you know, the whole bunch is awake. And he said, uh, he said my children are with me in bed. I can't rise. I mean, I just can't get up. And, and he said, I want three loaves. I just want three loaves. Because he said, I, I don't have a thing to set before. And he said, uh, a friend of mine, is come uh, on his journey, and he needs, he's hungry. And I tell you, back in those days, you see, they didn't have uh, uh, restaurants and cafeterias and roadside refreshing places and all that kind of stuff. I mean, the rest areas are everywhere now, see? And then there's in cars, and they could do, but he'd been walking. He might have walked all day long, didn't have anything but maybe a, a drink of water from running spring. And here he comes in, and he's hungry, and the fellow said, I didn't have one thing to set before him. That fellow's about to starve. He came and said, now, you're my friend. I want to get three loaves. I need three loaves. He said, just lend me three loaves. He didn't ask him for the gift. He said, lend me three loaves. He said, fellow, I just can't. Ordinarily, you know I would, but I, I'm in the bed with my children. I can't get up. Now then, friendship, he said, didn't go deep enough for him to get up. But he said something else. He said, because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. Folks, I'm talking about getting your prayers answered. I think it's like this. That word importunity means just how important is it? I mean, what does it mean to you? I tell you, it might be that that fellow lay there in the bed and heard his friend sobbing outside as he said, I just can't go back. I can't go back. This is a friend of mine. It came a long ways. He'd do anything for me. I've been in his home. He might have could have said, and he was friendly to me and kind to me. Now then, I've got to show some hospitality. I tell you, you just forget about friendship. This is the most important thing right now there is in life for me. I've got to have three loaves. I've got to have three loaves. And that fellow lay there in the bed, and he got bug-eyed awake, and he, he said, oh, me. He said, I tell you, this... This, this, this must be mighty important because he's not leaving. I mean, he's staying right there at the door and he's still talking and I hear him sobbing there. I, I just, uh, I, I'm going to get up. I, he gets up. Dear friend, I want to ask you one question. No, I'm talking right out of my heart to you today. How important is he? I mean, just how, let me ask you this. How important, I'm asking all of you, how important is this work to you? I mean, so far as, uh, are, you, are you just in over here on one corner or are you in all of it? Are you totally involved? I mean, does it really break in on your heart when you think about the little old boys that come a running and the little girls that come and the tears? And so, how important 
What does this mean to you? And so he said because of the importunity, he got up and gave him what he asked for. Now I believe when something gets important enough for us, God will make a note of it. But when we just say, well, uh, perchance or peradventure, or if it be thy will, and Lord, if it please you, and if you want to do it, it's all right with me. I mean, no, we'll never get anywhere like that. Brother, we're going to have to get down to business. I mean, right down to the place where, say, Lord, it means my life. It's my life. I mean, it's either this or I can't live. I mean, we can't go on. We've got to have it. And when it gets that away, you watch and see. God's going to wake up a bunch of angels and he's going to send a bunch of loads. I mean, he's going to get his semis on the highway. Amen? Yes, he is. I believe that. I, I believe he'll wake up heaven's truck drivers and say, fellas, you may be tired, but we got to move. Oh, we got to move. Load those trucks. Load those trucks. I can't turn those little fellas away. Little old boys and prisoners and everything else that comes to buy and comes through. We're going to have to load the trucks today and don't stop driving until you get there. Oh, you'd say, Brother Wolof, do you see that? Sure, I see it. I mean, we've got to see it. God's people have got to see it. And when we come to the place where it's more important than it is to live, more important than anything else in all of the world, I tell you then, we'll do something about it. God will bless us and he'll give us the victory. He said, because of his importunity. Then he goes ahead and said, now then, I want you to, notice what he said though. He said, because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. <laughs> Did you see that? See, he's just going to ask for what he needs. That's all I want. I don't want anything except what we need, but God promised everything we need. And that's all I want. I don't want what I want. And if my wanter is out of line with my needer, just Lord, let me have what I need. Just give me, he said to give him what he needs. Then he said, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Yes, dear friend, that's the promise that it's, we're going to get it. He said, ask every one, not some. He said, he that seeketh findeth. Him that knocketh, it'll be open. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? To me, this is an extreme illustration. If he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Now then, verse 13 is the secret to me. And yet it ought not to be a secret. It's right down in the book. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more? Shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? All right. Now, he said, if you are evil, and you are, and yet you know how to give good gifts, you wouldn't think about uh, giving your little boy an old piece of stone for, for bread and say, here, no on that rock, son. Little old boy put an old rock in his mouth and said, Daddy, I can't chew it. I can't chew it. Or if the little old fellow said, Daddy, back in those days, ate a lot of fish, and he said, uh, would you give me a piece of fish? And he reaches down in the ground, picks up an old dirty snake and throws it at him and said, here, chew on that snake. The little old boy screams and runs and said, Daddy, I can't eat a snake. If he shall ask for an egg, will he give him a stinging scorpion? Why, dear friends, he certainly wouldn't do that. Now then, he said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? See, you're evil and God's not. And you see, the thing that makes us bad givers is being evil. The thing that makes us 
give the right kind of gifts is being right with the Lord, you see, and, be, and, and belonging uh, to God and being His dear children. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? We read through the 20th verse where he said, but I, I, if I with the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God is come upon you. Well, today I think I'll talk about what is the finger of God. But let me read beginning at verse 21. When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor, wherein he trusted and divideth his spoils. He that is not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, finding none. He saith, I will return unto my house whence it came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh to him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. And it came to pass, as he spake these things, a certain woman of the company lifted up her voice and said unto him, Blessed is the womb that bare thee, and the paps which thou hast sucked. But he said, Yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Oh, that's an important verse. We'll come back to it. And when the people were gathered thick together, he began to say, This is an evil generation. They seek a sign. There shall be no sign be given it but the sign of Jonas, the prophet. For as Jonas was a sign unto the Ninevites, so shall also the Son of Man be to this generation. The queen of the south shall rise up in judgment uh, with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the utmost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonas, and behold, a greater than Jonas is here. No man, when he hath lighted the candle, put it in a secret place, neither under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that they which come in may see the light. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thine eye is single, thy whole body also is full of light. But when thine eye is evil, thy body also is full of darkness. Take heed, therefore, that the light which is in thee be not darkness. If thy whole body, therefore, be full of light, having no part dark, the whole shall be full of light, as when the bright shining of a candle doth give thee light. And as he spake, a certain Pharisee besought him to dine with him, and he went in and sat down to meet. And when the Pharisee saw it, he marveled that he would not first washed before dinner. And the Lord uh, said unto him, Now do you Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but your inward part is full of ravening, and wickedness, ye fools, did not he that made that which is without make that which is within also? But rather give alms of such things as you have. And behold, all things are clean unto you. Now I'm going to stop there because I want to deal with the outside folks later. I mean, we've got a lot of folks, you know, that believe that just the external is important and they leave the internal. Let's go back, though, and see what we find. He said, but I, if I, with the finger of God, cast out devils. We have access to God's finger today. You know, 
To me, that's a beautiful picture. He said, I just pointed to the devil and he got to go. I just take my finger. <laughs> I don't have to hit him with my fist. Just point at him. Just point at him. You know, my daddy used to do the same thing. Oh, my daddy could just raise his finger and point at me. My fact is, my daddy could just look at me in church. I mean, if I happen to be in a little conversation with my neighbor trying to catch up on our marble talk, you know, or horse riding or what we was going to do after church, I guarantee my daddy, all he had to do and looked to me like there wasn't anybody in the world except him. His face looked as big as a church house. He'd look at me and just kind of shake his head. And I'll guarantee you, that threw a quiet spell over me the rest of the service. Yes, if I, but if I, by the finger of God. And dear friends, we have access to God's finger today by faith. Did you know that? We can have God's finger. The Holy Spirit is God's wonderful finger. And I tell you, we can take that finger by faith and through the word and point at the devil. And I believe that he's going to have to move out. Yes, sir. Now then he goes on, he said, When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest. To me, this is a picture that we see a lot. We see a person come, they've never known the Lord, but they have known liquor. And so they begin to get sobered up and cleaned up and dried out. And they, directly they leave. They didn't get saved. They just got cleaned up a little bit, see. Mostly uh, external. I mean, just sort of dry cleaned, if you please. And uh, they just got kind of raked off a little bit. And so they take off. They say, oh, this is wonderful. Man, I haven't had a cigarette in uh, two months or I haven't had a drink of liquor in two months. And I tell you, I'm leaving. I mean, I'm all right. I mean, no doubt about it. And so they go off. Now notice what it says. He said they walk it through dry places seeking rest. See, they still don't have any rest. I mean, because you don't have rest till you receive Jesus Christ. And so they're, they're walking through dry places. And brother, till you get the rest, I mean, his rest, you're still going to be dry. You're going to stay in the famine. I mean, you're going to live in the famine. Thank you for joining us today on the Family Altar Program with Lester Roloff. My confidence in Jesus grows stronger every day. His grace I find sufficient to keep me in life's way. I am sad and lonely, he is a friend indeed. He gives me grace and comfort in every time of need. He loves me, he's living in my heart. He loves me, he never will depart. He loves me, he died for me on Calvary. And that is why I sing, He loves. 